here we are, everybody. Good evening, and welcome to Season 4 of the All Portable Discussion Zone. I can't believe we've been doing this for three years now. It's a uh, bi-weekly all, uh, live stream all about amateur radio portable ops. My name is Charlie, and the call sign is November Juliet 7 Victor. With me this evening are the show's two co-hosts, Dan, KC7MSU, and Brian, W7JET. Also, a warm welcome to all of you watching live from the chat room and all of you who will be watching later from the uh, live stream, or not from the live stream, from the, uh, from the uh, um, <laughs> I'm losing my thought now here, the uh, podcast. podcast. Yes, podcast. Uh, and so uh, that the podcast becomes available to you about 24 hours after the show. And so with that, let's go ahead and get around the room and start talking about what's been going on, and then we'll dive into the topics. So let's, I guess, go in reverse order and then back around the other way. Let's start with the Brian. What's been going on? So let's see. Um, we've been uh, doing a lot of DX chasing. Um, been really active in that. I'm working on some home projects. Started clearing now that the weather has cooled down a little bit. My buddy is a general contractor and has a uh, not a lot of use for his dump trailer right now. So I basically have a free dumpster um, that he can go Tito's and dumps for me. So I've been filling that thing up with brush from the backyard and um, working on some antenna stuff. And um, yeah. Some of the some good things uh, happen in uh, uh, outside of the ham radio world for me, and uh, yeah, just uh, you know, enjoying life. <laughs> great, great, good for you. All right, uh, uh, Dan, what you got? Well, I'm still working on uh, assembling parts for the taco truck uh, to get the radios uh, embedded in there. So uh, mostly because I'm very slow at making templates before I start cutting metal and all those fun things. I think I've got generally all the parts, so hopefully uh, we'll probably be in the next three weeks, more than likely. Uh, I'll be able to actually start that project. Uh, also getting ready to do quite a bit of travel here. So uh, last week we were uh, out at Disneyland in an all-adult trip, which was really uh, a lot of fun. So no no ham radio involved, even though nice. I did visit a, visit a beach. I was like... Man, I'd love to put an antenna up right now, but uh, I, I didn't take any radio gear with me. Yeah. Um, so we'll be, uh, I'll be traveling around. I'm uh, going to be traveling to Michigan here next weekend. So uh, I might get to take a radio with me there. Who knows? But uh, we'll see and then uh, come back and uh, work on the taco, hopefully. Okay, cool. Sounds like you've been busy as well. All right. Well, as far as I have been concerned, I most recently, just just Friday, a couple of days ago, I went to uh, the Navajo Nation again for the second time and uh, met up with Herb up uh, just sort of north of Winslow. There's some uh, some eight point summits just uh, in the on the Navajo Nation, just north of Winslow, uh, Arizona. And so we went up there and, and uh, activated a couple of never before activated summits. Or actually, more like they not more like they were buttes. So it's like a, or mesas. So it's like a, you know, kind of up like this, and then just a whole bunch of flat on top. So I'll show you maybe a picture or two, maybe a few videos here when we get into our topics. <clears throat> and then other than that, I've I've kind of just been um, working on getting some content out. Just a, just a few things. I I, I put out my uh, the, my build of my homebrew ham uh, uh, CW paddle, the, the pressure paddle. I put that out and. Uh, I think that's really about it right now. I've just been been trying to to you know do stuff here around the house and and uh, been working on some electronic projects that I have I've been recording but aren't yet available. So uh, I guess watch for those. Um, so I guess let's go ahead and get going here. I'm going to share my screen and and dive into my topic, and uh, then we'll just we'll just uh, take turns here. And and uh, so let me get my shared screen thing up here. Um, the entire window, and there we go. All right, I believe we can see that. Okay, yes. so for those of you who are new or uh, to summits on the air or to portable radio, or maybe some of you who who just really uh, haven't been really into it and haven't really looked around, there are a few uh, summits on the air events that happen every year. Uh, that make summits on the air a little bit more fun than it normally already is. So, of course, 
you know, you choose a summit using whatever tools you have, identify that summit, you hike to the top of it, set up your portable radio gear, and then work the pile up and you acquire the points for activating that summit. Along the way, when you're up there on top of the summit, then you will occasionally find either, either through looking for or uh, people looking for you, you'll find some summit to summit contact and you can work those as well. Well, so there's uh, several events throughout the year where it becomes a little bit, it's kind of ups the, uh, the uh, fun a little bit because there are multiple people on a particular summit in a region all at the same time, simultaneously, which makes for a little funner time because you, you are guaranteed your contacts, plus uh, you get a little bit more points with the summit to summit uh, activations. There's the summit to summit points, you'll get those. And, and so the first one I want to mention um, is the, my screen right here is the uh, 14ers event in Colorado. Every year in, 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 uh, in summertime in Colorado, they have a 14ers event. And this event is where people simultaneously choose a 14,000 uh, foot or higher uh, summit, a soda summit, and simultaneously activate that summit. And so there's a lot of uh, good uh, VHF contact and a lot of uh, HF contact, summit to summit action. And at the same time, there is the Pacific Northwest, not so, not quite 14er event. They've kind of piggybacked on top of the 14er event and they, out in the Pacific Northwest, uh, activate peaks out in their region at the same time, which ups the amount of summit to summit contacts that you will be able to get because obviously if you're on a summit in the Pacific Northwest, you can reach the guys in, that are all on summits in uh, Colorado. And so it makes for an even more fun time and then also, <coughs> excuse me, there's a uh, SoCal event, which also coincides with the, you really have three regions that participate and announce that you should be on a summit simultaneously at the same time. So it makes for a lot of fun. There are other events similar to this. We have the Central Oregon Summit to Summit Party also in August, but later in the year. Uh, later in the summer, I should say. And then there's the Wilmot Valley Summit to Summit Party. And then there's the, uh, the, the Oregon Campout that they have every year. There's a, there's a Southern California Campout that they have every year. And then there's also back east, we have the, uh, the North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia guys. They have an event every year. Uh, it's a, it's a campout, actually, once or twice a year. And then I don't know if they're continuing this, but there was a event with the Appalachian Trail where people would get on the Appalachian Trail and participate in summits on the air and hit summits that were on or near the Appalachian Trail. <clears throat> well, so in addition to that, uh, the, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this was kind of self-promote, and I should see if I can try to bring up my little card here for, for our event here in Arizona. If I can, I will here real quick. Hang tight with me. There, there, and here it is. Okay, there it is. Yeah. So, uh, zoom that out just a little bit. So, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, you won't see this, but what it is is a a promotional little uh, image that has that says 10 Point Madness, October seventh, twenty twenty three. Multiple ten point summits simultaneously activated, and then it gives uh, you know uh, our our region our. Uh, our managers, our soda manager, Pete's email address, if you want to know more. And so um, for this, we have uh, this coming, this 10 point madness event is coming up. Uh, and so I wanted to promote that because I think that there are several other organizations or, or groups of summits on the air people or, or groups that I think there's the uh, North Carolina guys. There's some people in South Carolina and there's some people up in Washington who will also be participating in this event. So <clears throat> how this one differs, it's not a 14er event so much as it's uh, choose a 10 point summit. If you want to uh, act, participate, if you have a 10 point summit in your area, you choose a 10 point summit and you plan on being on that on uh, early morning, October 7th. And you just, uh, you can do just VHF or you can do VHF. Uh, you can do uh, HF both. Um, what's great about this is that you have the opportunity uh, since there are between 20 and 30 activators on a 10-point summit all at the same time, 
you would have the opportunity to, to gain between 100 and 200 summit to summit points. Uh, so in addition to that, it's uh, late in the uh, fall or it's early in the fall, but it's still the fall. And so if you get on the summit early enough, there's going to be some really good DX contacts that you can make. And so it's fun because you get the two to 300 uh, summit to summit points. And then you also get to, to have summit to, a lot of summit to summits with uh, Oregon and, uh, and Colorado. And then also back east. Just a great time. I, I, I think uh, last year... Let me see. I'm on the wall here. Last year, I had 237 QSOs, and uh, of those, there were tw 24 DX and uh, 26 Summit to Summits. So, you know, that just gives you an idea of how fun this event is. My, my wife, Sandy, will be with me this year. We'll be up on Aztec Peak. This is the peak where we, uh, where I think it was two or three years ago, I made contact with Adam. Uh, K6ARK on VHF. Uh, that was 327 miles from central Arizona all the way to Southern California. So that was a fun one on VHF, uh, two meter VHF. So that was great. So <clears throat> it's exciting. And I hope that you all join us for that. And uh, with that, I will think I just want to transition over to a few other things here. Let me bring this down and show you what I've been up to, a few of the pictures or videos. Let me uh, first grab a couple of pictures and share that. Let's see. I go here. Yeah. So I, like I said, I was in Navajo Nation. This is the first summit that we did. And for those of you who are watching, it's just a uh, kind of a rolling hills with a kind of a, a mesa. And uh, there is Herb, uh, N7HG, who was along with me and uh, I, it's only possible that I, I'm able to do these activations because Herb is with me. He's a, a member of the Navajo Nation. And so this is how we got to the top of the Mesa. We had to climb up this kind of everywhere else except for this spot here was kind of a cliff face. And uh, eventually we got to the top and it just looked like it was just a prairie up there. It looked just like flat, flat like this. It was really strange. <laughs> and there we, we set up our, our uh, gear and there's nothing to sit on. Usually Mother Nature gives us a rock or something to sit on. <laughs> but in this case, there was nothing really to sit on. So the lesson learned there. So, well, not not even a much to tie your antenna pole to, is there? There really was. There were no trees, just a few little brush, little brush here and there. It was it was crazy. It was it was fun though. So maybe I'll grab a video or two and show you. Uh, you can look for these videos. Uh, I'll I'll be making an actually uh, full length video here in a, in uh, a while. But uh, hopefully you can get the audio. If not, I'll have to pull it back down and show you again. But let's see. Maybe maybe we'll try this one here. <clears throat> you got the audio? Uh, no. All right. Let me stop sharing and click the right button. There should be a little audio. Entire screen. Share audio. Share. There we go. This will work, I think. So this is a kind of on the way up that first one. It's kind of an idea of kind of the, the rock face a little bit. Really rocky. Um, once we got up there. Seven Hotel, Germany. A little windy. CQ, 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 CQ soda. And uh, maybe this one. Kilo six Echolini. That's not the ruin. Maybe one more. Here's me doing a Morse code, although you can't hear it because I have it plugged into a recorder. Maybe get Herb here. Here we go. We'll go with the, the Kilo 6. Okay, Kilo 6 uh, Hotel Papa X-Ray. All right, well, maybe one more here. This is where I was doing the antenna. This is the second summit. It was a lot windier. You can see that. <laughs> but. <laughs> so, 
anyway, had a great time. It was it was really a great time uh, up there with Herb. I look forward to doing it again with him at some point. It looks like he's having a good time activating. So that's that's the big thing. Yes, I wanted to mention to you guys who are listening and watching now that uh, I wanted to thank Dan first of all. Uh, Herb um, is is on a fixed income and is just loving uh, summits on the air now. He really wants to get involved. That's why I went up a second time is because he doesn't have gear. And so I said, oh, I'll meet you up there halfway. We'll do summit. We can use my gear. He really wants to get some gear, but he can't really afford it right now. So thank you to Dan, who who donated a Soda Beams uh, mast and a uh, link dipole for him. And also, I think uh, Dennis uh, is in chat right now, 86DM, who does the uh, uh, podcast, a, a great uh, uh, a great uh, podcast on ham radio, Handem Thoughts. Uh, check that out. He donated a uh, LifePo battery. So uh, really, the most important thing is what's left is the radio. We have a few fillers out to get a loaner for him for a while until he can save up enough money. But uh, really, thank you for the, to you guys for doing that. And hopefully we can don't, we can locate a, a, a radio for him so he can get on the air and do some of the uh, sodas without me having to go out and, and uh, join him. So, all right, that's it for me, guys. Hope you enjoyed my little presentation and what I've been up to. Um, let's kind of, I guess, pivot over to Dan now and uh, see what you got going on. Ooh, great. Okay. Well, in keeping with the spirit of uh, kit building where you buy a lot of kits and 90% of them never really get fully realized and put together, uh, I've done the same thing except for uh, my programming uh, realm. Uh, I attended a, a uh, seminar recently on uh basically getting started with uh, ARM architectures and programming and stuff. And so I went out and I, I bought one of their books and this thing is pretty hefty. So this is a book that's primarily used at a couple universities. So, um, so it's got a fairly good track record right now, but it's, it's about 550 pages. And along with that, I bought a kit, um, so basically, it's a whole bin full of uh, stuff that I bought. They have a, a bill of materials for it. So I have naturally decided that, well, can't just have the book. So so I ended up uh, right now, I've got a couple of these uh, development boards uh, already. The one that is called out for in the book is not uh, available right now. So i'm using this one for right now so i have to take and uh, translate pins and and things like that which will be a whole lot of fun um but it came with a lot of uh goodies in the uh, bill of materials and and unfortunately it's not exactly the cheapest thing in the world um but it does come with a lot of different uh uh, different things to take and uh, get used to doing programming in C again. I have not programmed in C for a very long time, but um, some of the components are uh, different kinds of displays. This one is just uh, basically uh, dot matrix. Um, this one is uh, strictly LCD. Um, so this one I'll need to take and do bit bitwise stuff. So it does not have any controllers for it. This one, uh, for who's, I don't remember whose board this is, but they actually have another ARM controller to do all the uh, the bits and bytes and and do be the display driver. So that's really nice. So this is just basically going to be serial uh, connection for that. Uh, what else? Also, come you know have to buy a lot of other input devices. Um, got a gas detector for one, uh, and also four by four input pad. So is this just for learning or do you have like a project in mind that you are an end, end goal in mind, like a certain project you're going to work on? So some of it is a lot of it is learning again, because it's been a long time since I've done any, any uh, control system stuff. I mean, the last time I did control stuff was back in 85, 86. Um, and that was all standard bus architecture stuff. Um, so it was all bit, uh, bit by bit stuff that we did. Um, so obviously, uh, controllers have changed a lot. So, but there, I do have a few projects in mind. Some of them are ham radio, some of them are not, um, uh, some of them are, um, 
more robotic than anything else, but I do want to take and also uh, work on a self-tunable uh, antenna, so uh, wire antenna. So that's something that's that's on the uh, on the list. Um, as You're well do a as full-blown transceiver. Uh, I don't know. There's there's some other uh, not tutorials, but uh, classroom kind of environments for for doing some of that stuff. So I might delve into that. Um, that's with the um, SI5351, right? Yeah. So those are all kind of fun things that I have not uh, had a chance to delve into for a lot of years. And now that, you know, I, I don't have to worry about kids being at home and all those kind of things, you kind of look at that stuff again. Yeah. I mean, so, you got all this test gear behind you and everything, man. You got a the full, full, full blown lab. It looks like you have an opportunity to really tinker and have fun. Yeah, definitely. So, and unfortunately, uh, uh, was it Rigo came out with a new uh, four input uh, oscilloscope that's really nice. It's twelve bit, and it's like ooh, it's like really calling out to me. So, how much that is may it be? Uh, it's not bad. It's uh, the one I want. I think the hundred megahertz uh, version of that is right around five hundred dollars. Oh wow, that's great. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, so you can just get used them for that. Yeah, yeah, those old used ones are like coming down in price. They used to be three, four hundred dollars just the used ones. Yeah, I mean my old Tektronics back there, hundred megahertz scope. I bought that ooh, probably twenty years ago and paid about eighteen hundred dollars for it. And so price points have definitely shifted a lot. So, but um, with the rest of this, I get to do a lot of, you know, the other kind of stuff, uh, some motor control. So got a little cheesy motor to geared motor to work with. And of course, you know, lots of diodes and uh, LEDs, a lot of resistors, you know, for inputs, and switches and things. And of course, you can't do anything without a bunch of jumpers. So, yeah. of course, yeah. you know, I went ahead and bought like 100 of these because I'm terrible at making my own. So um, this is... Yeah. Uh, the uh, the easy way out for Dan to uh, be able to wire things together. So so we'll so Dan, see how that have, goes. I might have missed it because um, I was replying to a few people in chat. Did you say that this came came like as a package of some sort, or what? Did you just kind of buy a bunch of stuff went off? It is. So if you look out on, especially on DigiKey, you can you can find this, and I can post a, a link for it. But um, not only can you you can download the PDF version of this book, um, but you can also buy it. And there is a bill of materials that they have put together uh, for this book, uh, primarily because it is uh, used in uh, university programs. Oh, cool. So yeah, if we can get that, uh, what you bought the yeah, book I'll, on Amazon, we'll get the link to it or whatever. And Yes, I will get you the link for the book. And this is the link on uh, DigiKey, one of my favorite places to uh, okay. peruse, unfortunately. Cool. Um, so, um, and there's some other resources uh, that I will, actually, I'll put this other link in there as well, because there are several uh, uh, other types of class kind of things that you can do uh, through them as well. So that's... Uh, you know, it'll probably take me a good six months to be really, really proficient, but I'm open to have something uh, that I that's actually usable in the next two months. So we'll see. We'll see how the adventure goes, I guess. Good. And, Hopefully uh, you, re you bring back the, you know, when we have some more of these sessions, you bring back what you've been working on and, and share it with us. Oh, yes, most definitely. Yeah. Okay. So those of you who will be or are listening on the podcast, uh, I'll get those links and put them in the description of this show so you'll have them. Cool. All right. Thank you, Dan. Anything else? Uh, nope. That's it. Okay. Well, it looks like Brian is here to, to finish us out today. If you un unmute. All right. That was my job today. Um, I fulfilled it. <laughs> Being the guy on mute. All right. We got that out of the way. Nobody else has to worry about doing it now. Um, so I've actually gotten a lot of questions over the last couple of uh, months. Periodically, they'll pop up emails because I mentioned my my life changing uh, receiving antenna experience when I added that to the uh, the shack a couple months back. For those that don't know, I'm kind of obsessed with low band DXing. 
160 and 80 meters. So during the winter time, I, I spend a lot of time late nights and early mornings in the shack looking to see what I can grab. I've got uh, 112 countries confirmed on 80 meters and 76 countries confirmed on 160 meters between uh, CW and, and uh, digital modes. And one of the things that I've read and heard numerous times, you, if you want to be successful down there, you have to be able to hear. And generally, you can transmit great, and a lot of times you'll miss stuff because you just don't hear it. So I decided to add a receiving antenna about a year and a half, two years ago to my, my shack. Um, and it's called a uh, EWE antenna, Echo Whiskey Echo. I have never been able to find how it got that particular name. Um, it's a uh, basically it's a set of phased uh, verticals uh, that are connected by a wire horizontally. Um, it's a 40 foot wire. I use a transformer system called the BevFlex system, and I'll bring up some pictures of that. So I'm going to go ahead and share some screen action here. Let's see. Let's present. Share screen. Yes, share screen. And we are going to share my QRZ page to show some pictures of the antenna. So right now, this is the uh, my QRZ page. So if you want to look at it there, you can as well. Um, and you'll see my EWE antenna in the configuration. My call sign is Whiskey 7 Juliet Echo Tango, for those that don't know. Um, and so right here, this is the control box. So it's fed with RG6 coax. And this is the, um, the directional control transformer that's down at the antenna site, which is about 125-ish feet from where I'm sitting right now. And there's an RG6 that goes down the one side. And I'm assuming you guys are seeing my, um, my pointer here. But this one runs out and goes underneath the wash to the vertical or vertical antenna on the opposite side. And then there's another one that runs to the vertical antenna on this side. And then there are two that come down and run back to the shack. So we are standing on the west side of the wash and we are looking east. And this would be the east vertical antenna. And then we are looking back across the wash to the west receiving antenna. You can kind of make out on the top, there is a uh, an insulator up there, and that is a non-metallic pole, better known as um, Schedule 40 black PVC pipe, because uh, that was the only thing I could really find at Home Depot that would uh, that was inexpensive at the time. Well, I think the PVC now is like plywood. Um, if you've got it, you want to show off that you're, you've got some bucks, you can you know ride around town with a couple pieces in the back. Um, and that's the antenna itself. So let's talk about, let's show you the um, BevFlex diagram. Guys, can you see the BevFlex diagram? Is that up? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. How about now? Let me uh, no. go back. No, hold on. All right. So let me st stand by here. Let's see. What do I need to do to switch? Probably need to do this and then share screen. Share screen. And there we go. That's what we want to do. Okay. Now we should see the diagram. Yep. All right. So that's the actual uh, wiring diagram of how the whole the whole thing works. Now, Charlie and Dan have both had the benefit of using this antenna um, during the Arizona QSO party when we run it here from the W7JET Superstation. And this is what the block diagram, what it looks like is. So we've got the two transformers. We've got the feed control unit, which was that box that I was showing with the wires going in the different directions. Then the internal, the house control unit, and then the coax to the receiver. This is all done with RG6 coax. The number 12 wire running, that's the, the vertical array. That is a complete connected antenna. Then there's two three-foot ground rods driven. And because we have what would be considered poor soil, here in Arizona, I also have a number six solid copper wire that runs underground and connects it underground, which helps the performance considerably. I Unfortunately, I don't have a, a video um, or a recording showing the difference between when this is on and when this isn't on and, and what the difference is between good receive and bad receive. And I, I wasn't planning on doing this, so I'll, that may be a little follow up with that after this, uh, this season pops up. But the the last time I used the antenna uh, to work at DX station was the um, it was a D expedition in Africa and they were on 80 meters 
And on the dipole, I couldn't hear them at all. When I turned on the receiving antenna, uh, all the noise went away and they were S9, no problem at all. I was able to work them on the first call, um, being able to just, just using the, uh, the receiving antenna with the dipole, they were not there. Same thing with 160 meters. I worked the Echo 51 Delta on 160 meter CW during the summer, which for us in Arizona, that's not a far trip. For the East Coast, that would be a, definitely be a far trip. And again, didn't hear them at all on the vertical, but with the receiving antenna, I was able to hear them completely. Uh, so let's see, what other pictures, exciting things might I have here? Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's the uh, the antenna. It's the the, the bed. Flex system. I can let me scroll through the document here, and I can show you what the transform. It's the back of the control box in the house. Um, that's what the front of it looks like. I have mine marked EWE because I'm planning on adding a beverage on ground and turning this antenna to a north-south antenna. The good thing about this antenna is it fits in a small yard, so if you don't have a lot of room and you want to put a receiving antenna up, you can put one up. Um, it doesn't take very much, and like I said the coax is cheap in fact the average on ground configuration here's the this is so what's going to come next i'm planning on buying a second set of transformers and, and putting that as my east west antenna it actually uses rg6 coax and you can place the feed unit anywhere you want in the wire and they recommend 225 feet for 160 meters so that will put it um that will fit nicely in my yard i won't have to do any kind of strange things i can run it in a straight line and um i could put the, the control box uh right uh pretty much right outside the shack and this will just run up the one side of the property it'll be buried about an inch or so below the soil and um it's supposed to work very well i've read a lot about it from people down in florida that have used it and it's uh it's it's a neat here's the um uh uh, numbers for what they talk about with the different antennas. If you're interested to say, just look at Unified Microsystems Bed Flex System, and this is what you're going to get in the package when you buy it. And they have all the plans in the documentation on the different antennas you can build with it. So I went with the, the EWE to begin with because it was fairly simple. I had almost all the parts and I could throw it up in the backyard. And with the landscaping and work that I'm doing now, I'm not having that the uh, beverage antenna running along the ground makes things a little bit easier. Once I get everything done and I don't have to worry about disturbing the soil, we're going to make some other changes and add a second receiving antenna. So this one, this current configuration will get switched to north south and then the beverage on ground will be pointed toward uh, toward Europe to pick that stuff up. But I've actually used this um, to work local people on 40 meters, um, Dan specifically um, and Charlie where I've been able to hear them using the receive antenna and would not have been able to hear them on the dipole. Yeah, cool. So how far off the ground, Brian, are these antennas? I mean, the new one, the new beverage, is that literally on the ground or is it just just slightly off? No, it's it, it will literally be on the ground and probably below ground in most places. Um, the, you can bury a beverage antenna up to about two inches before it's not going to work as well. So the the beverage antenna is considered a traveling wave antenna and, and i could we could go very long on what a traveling wave antenna is but i don't think we have the time for that so i'm not going to get too far into the the details so um the antenna basically the way the wire is pointed is the way the antenna receives so if you if you take the antenna and lay it out on the ground east to west it is going to receive east to west um and it, it has uh, noise rejection in one direction, depending upon how you have it terminated, and you flip the switch so that the the beverage on ground and the BevFlex antenna is a bi-directional antenna. So you can reverse the direction with the switch by changing the, the way the transformers are, are working uh, at either end. The EWE antenna is a phased vertical array. So it it's not a traveling wave antenna. It's actually two vertical antennas that are phased, and the phasing cable essentially is the, the horizontal wire, the 20 foot wire running between both ends. So the antenna itself is 10 feet high and 20 feet and 20 feet wide. It's a 40 foot long wire that's folded at, at the, uh, at the 20 foot mark on the antenna. So it's total of 10 feet high, um, total investment, the Beflex system, depending upon, you know, who's selling it, you're going to spend somewhere about three fifty to $400 for the transformers. And then depending upon what configuration you're going to put it in afterward 
you know, you'll will depend upon what you need. So RG6 coax is pretty cheap to find. Um, I bought a 500, 500 foot roll for, um, I think 35 or $40. And I got the, the double shielded with the goo in it and everything. Um, and it wasn't really that hard to find, um, connectors, same thing. You can use the crimp connectors. You can do whatever you want. Everything runs to the ground. Um, but so the, uh, there's a lot of different ways. Yeah. If you're fortunate enough and let's say you live on acreage, you can do a full beverage antenna and for, especially for 160, the longer, the better. Um, 500 feet or more is, is optimal, but the bog for people like us that live on smaller lots, I have an acre, acre and a 10th. Um, I can run for, at least in the East West direction, I can run a 225 foot beverage. No problem. North, South, not so much. I don't, my, my lot is 185 feet wide. So I can kind of angle it and get that if I want to. But the problem is then I'd be running it over the top of the radial field for the vertical. And that's not a good plan. You really don't want to have it <laughs> yeah. running over the top of the radial fields for your vertical antennas. So that's not that's the reason why the north south antenna is probably going to be the EWE antenna. Also, the pattern, the EWE is, has a much wider uh, pattern. It's about 120 degrees. And the um, the bog is a lot more narrow. So that's kind of your 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 limitations on the antennas. I'm sure there's people that have acreage and they can do all kinds of cool stuff. And if I had, I've already told the wife that if we ever move again, it's going to be a minimum of five acres um, because we're going to have a kick-ass antenna farm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go big, man. Go big. A absolutely. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, we What we'll do now uh, with the remaining time, looks like we have uh, about 40 minutes, I think 30 to about 20 minutes, sorry, about 20 minutes left in the show. We'll either end early or we'll answer questions, uh, or add on a few things if we need to. So, but there, there, so if you guys have any questions that, that you've been wanting to ask, we'll address them at this point, um, any, on any topic at all. So, uh, let's go ahead and get this first question in chat and that's from uh, W6IWN. Uh, soda and ham radio guy. He says, have you tried a Delta loop or a log antenna? And, um, I think it's probably directed to you, Brian, but I'll, I'll go ahead and answer it too. And let Brian, uh, Dan, and then we'll let you. So for me, I have not tried a log antenna, but I have tried a Delta loop in a park, uh, with about five Watts before uh, Alex loop on a picnic table and was able to make some contacts. So it's a pretty cool little thing. I do have a, a Delta loop. I want to get, uh, built here in MFJ box and, and then you can create one. So that'll be pretty cool at some point. But uh, what about you, Dan? I have not tried either of them. I have kind of stuck with my uh, dipoles and link dipoles because I've had such good with, luck with them. Uh, I do need to branch out a little bit. And in, in, I mean, a Delta loop would be a cool antenna to try out. So Brian? Yeah, I've used it. I've used a mag loop, um, which is, I think what you're actually referring to, Charlie, but I it have is, not used it. Yeah. I have not used a, a Delta loop specifically. I know some people, I actually know somebody who has a full uh, half wave Delta loop antenna on his property that he holds up with antenna with uh, telephone poles um, in Tulsa for 160 meters. And he says it's dead quiet and he can hear all kinds of stuff on it. It's kind of an NVIS antenna because it's not real far off the ground, but like with, with loops, um, you know, depending upon how you're you're using it, the Delta loops a little different, but they can have like weird, um, a weird kind of an unpredictable pattern depending upon how the antenna is, and it might radiate better and have, has weird. They'll have like different lobes on them, so that they can be fun because you might all of a sudden get a lobe and you might get develop a lobe in the correct direction that you're looking for, and then you might not. Yeah, I don't know why it was thinking Delta. Yeah, I wasn't. That's not. I have never used a Delta loop either. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Cool. All right. The follow up on on uh, that is from him as well. He says he heard that a Delta Loop has a very low noise and a great for RX for receive and transmit. So yeah, cool. All right. Again, anybody else has questions? Drop them in. We've got one more here uh, from Gary. We know Gary K seven U O U. He's a fellow Soda Arizona Soda guy. He says, Brian, yep. can you share all of your DXCC awards with us? Um. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to be too, uh, you know, me rah rah. But we'll go through. He's, what giving we have. You, he's, he's asking you to do that, so you get oh, this uh, is okay. your opportunity. All right, it's my opportunity. All right, so I have five band DXCC. Um, I've got uh, actually, you've got. Let me think about this now. I've got DXCC on 10, 12, 15, 17, 20, 30, 40, and eighty meters. Um, that's mixed, 20, right? That's um, 
so it's mixed, but mostly I, 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 I've got 200. I don't know. Let's let me. So I'm not being completely. <laughs> I'm just running my mouth here. Let me look and actually we'll go to the logbook of the world and see what the numbers are there. So these are the hard numbers. Um, I have 274 countries confirmed altogether. 227 on CW, 224 on phone, 162 on digital, two on satellite, 76 on 160, 113 on 80, 147 on 40, 109 on 30 meters, uh, 235 on 20, 133 on 17, 192 on 15, 112 on 12, 167 on 10 meters, 13 on um six meters and let's see and then the the single countries are just uh two two six and i have one thousand uh three hundred and four uh span slots for the dxcc challenge so i've got five band dxcc plus 30 17 and 12 uh a thousand in the dxcc challenge uh five band worked all zone I'm working on um, 160 because the the work doll zone rules for 160 are a little bit different. Five band work doll states. Um, I was in the first thousand people to get the triple play was award, which if you've been following the show for a while, that was my inspiration for learning CW or one of my inspirations other than soda. Um, the WPX award. I got a lot of wallpaper and I've you know won a few contests too. So, uh, Brad, the, uh, the, Air, the Arizona CUSO party is coming up pretty soon as well. So, yeah, yes, it is. The Arizona CUSO party is coming up, and uh, we um, we are looking forward to running that here from the superstation with the usual characters. Yeah, I'll be there for sure. It'll be a good time. Minus, minus this character, unfortunately, because I'll still be traveling. So, yeah, Dan's missing out on the 10 point madness event and on the uh, Arizona CUSO party. Gosh, it's a Dan. bad month, man. <laughs> Yeah, oh, we've got K8DRT in the in the uh, in the chat. It's been a minute. It has. I. Uh, uh, it's been a while since I've been able to chat with him. Um, okay, so no other questions in the chat. That means we, I don't know, talk about whatever. And we've got about fifteen minutes left. I guess I have a question for since Dan, since you're not going to be for, there for either one, then uh, Brian, what's your plan for the Ten Point Madness event, if anything? Uh, you know, I have to look at that particular day um, because I think I might have a conflict. So I haven't quite settled on it yet. I have to look at at the hills again. I Did somebody take towers? If nobody took towers, maybe I'll go up and do towers again. I don't know. I, have, I haven't I looked. I don't think anybody's taken it yet. Um, for those of you who are wondering kind of what we're talking about here. So the way that we determine who is on what peak and how, and kind of the organization of, of this whole 10 point madness event, since we do have between 20 and 30 people on at the same time here in Arizona is we just use the, uh, the uh, alerts page on, uh, this, the, uh, soda watch. And so I'll share my screen real quick and I'll, <coughs> excuse me, show you guys what we're talking about here. So, um, I have the it filtered right here for W7A. And if we scroll down to, uh, Saturday, October, 23. Now, this doesn't include anybody who who's participating outside of uh, Arizona, but for Arizona, you, you'll see basically um, on that day here, here are all the people who will be on a summit. And I, I, I don't know, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 22, 22 people at this point. And um, so I don't know, Brian, it doesn't look like it looks like Mormon would shoot Bigelow. Mount Lemon, government, Aztec is us, Spitz. It, it's not looking like Towers is be, has been taken. All right, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll throw an alert yeah, up for Towers like and, and take and take the ride up there. <clears throat> yeah. So if I take out this filter for W7A and I just put in like ten point, maybe see what happens. Nothing. Uh, what if I put in S to S? <laughs> Nothing. I guess you, it's just a. I guess it's just just for the uh, for the that. Okay, so we'll go scroll down here then and see if three, who else is participating then on Friday, <clears throat> on Saturday. That's outside of uh, W7A land. Um, there are there's another summit to summit event actually 
the same time, it's called, I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's in, uh, in England. They have a summit, a summit event, same time we do. And I think that's what this is. These, some of these are the LD LD weekend. That's, that's what that is. So, uh, looks like there's a, there's a Andy N for LAG will be in, in, uh, in the, uh, in, uh, North Carolina land participating. <clears throat> it looks like uh, we've got uh, Jesse in uh, the Calgary area or uh, the, uh, well, the Canada area. Uh, he'll be participating. And it looks like somebody from New Mexico. Wait, no, what's W7N? Isn't that, is that Nevada? No. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's Nevada. All right, so, and then we've got uh, WB2FUV, looking like he's going to be there doing it. So yeah, so we, it's mostly Arizona, but we have a few Georgias and Nevada and and a few others that are going to be having, and then some European guys. So pretty cool. I guess it's probably going to be about twenty-five to thirty or so. Uh, my plan is to uh, I'm going to do hundred watts. Uh, so I'm taking my uh, base station here, the 897, 100 watts. Uh, I use uh, double bazookas, which are mono bands, and so we'll be doing a lot of sw just switching those out. And uh, at 100 watts, I should be able to get some good DX and, and work a lot of summit to summit. So that is my plan. Let's see. What so is yeah, go ahead. What else are you? Are you? What kind of mast are you planning on taking this time? Are you taking your regular soda mast, or are you doing something different? I have uh, usually my the way I do 100 watts when I do this is I have a uh, awning or like an easy up type thing. Not it's not an easy up, but it's like like that an awning. I put that up and then I have that those uh, I don't know two inch diameter uh, green army poles oh, that are that yep, are uh, yep. fiberglass. I have I don't yep. know seven or eight sections of those I I put together and then I tilt it up and then I I lash it to the one of the legs of the awning. <clears throat> and then it has a pole at the top. There's a carabiner and I have a rope. And so I just kind of hoist up and down each of the monoband uh, dipoles, the, the double bazookas. And uh, I've slowly increased my collection of double bazookas. Now I have 40, 20, 30, let's see, is it 40, 30, 20, 17, and 10 meters, uh, all monoband. So we'll probably be trying to get on all of those and uh, working. And Sandy will be with me. She's uh, going to do sideband. So it'll be a mix this time. Yeah, those, I love those double bazookas. And now, since you mentioned 10 meters, that might be an interesting, fun uh, band for this event. So, yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, uh, I've had a, I've had limited radio ops. This is my friend K8DRT. Says he's been spent some time uh, doing some nat the National Jamboree and stuff. So he's doing some scout stuff. That's cool. Uh, W6IWN, you guys have so many active soda operators in arizona that you that get out there very nice not at all like in his area and uh that you know in this case i think we do really have a lot of of active operators in arizona and what's great about arizona too is it's it's year round there's you know if you don't like the cold then year round you can drive to a place that's going to be just perfect weather um if you do like the cold then year round you can find a place that's that uh, is is inhospitable <laughs> So it's, it's great. You know, it's not like some areas like, like in some places you get snowed in and you just can't do anything in the winter, but here it's desert, you know, there's, there's no snow here in the winter. So, well, so. even in a lot of places, like you go to California, even a lot of places, they get enough s snow in the Sierras where it makes it pretty difficult to activate during the winter. Yeah. And then we had, looks like uh, K7VZ says he's looking forward to the Arizona CUSO party. He's going to be operating from La Paz County with a group. Oh, very cool. That's yeah. our friend. That's our friend Virgil from the Central Arizona DX Association. Yeah, I know Virgil. Yep. Yeah. Virgil. Cool. In La Paz County. That's cool. All right. Well, anything else to add before we wrap it up, guys? I do not. <sighs> I think it's I think it's just a stay hydrated kind of day for me, man. I got more brush to cut. I gotta fill up a roll. I gotta fill up a dump trailer before Tuesday. Okay, <laughs> that's the next day Mike's gonna dump it for me. So, cool. All right. Well, I'm gonna be trying to get uh, this 
latest activate this latest trip to the Navajo Nation, the video done on that and get that posted as soon as possible. So um, look for that. Who is who, those of you guys who are interested? And uh, then we've got the 10 point madness this weekend. So I'll have a lot of a lot of stuff to do to get videos out. But uh, that's it for me. Um, let's uh, just I guess go around the room one more time and, and just say uh, say your last little p bit and then we'll uh, we'll end it. Right with Dan. All right. Uh, thanks for everybody for joining today. And uh, as I make some progress uh, on the uh, truck install or the uh, programming for amateur radio, I'll uh, keep you guys abreast of what, what I'm up to and uh, what I find out. Okay. And, Dan, and then Brian? Well, let's see. For me, I, it's been great seeing everybody. Thanks for all the, uh, the questions and um, for uh, being there for the last, what, they said this is season four so three years now right yep yeah thanks for the last three years guys really appreciate everybody um you know supporting the show and and uh, coming in with the questions and the thoughtful emails and working you on the air and everything it's been it's been a lot of fun and i'm looking forward to next year yeah, yeah me too I, I thank you guys all so much all those of you who are watching and who listen to the podcast all that season four is going to be a great one we're going to continue every other every other week uh doing some sort of show it'll be i guess once a month we'll do this type of thing where we'll have a project or some sort of a just the three of us and then the other one we'll have a guest so in two weeks we'll see you guys we'll have a guest coming up and a, an interview with uh, them and uh, then i think this is a five weekend uh a five sunday month and so the the fifth sunday we always team up with frank and we do the five of us, uh, him and his his uh, co-host. And so we look forward to that as well. So, I, all right, guys, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, everybody, for joining. And uh, we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sorry, three.